0: For supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love.
1: Greetings, I'm Bernard.
0: And I'm Magenta. You might
1: know us from such hit podcasts as Madame Magenta Sonas Mystica. Horror Anthology Magenta presents. Or season three of Mockery Manor. We're everywhere. And we're spreading faster than an STD in an old folks' home, because now we have a brand new podcast. Wham Wham! Download it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, that's what the world needs—another movie podcast. Was that clear? Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned quantum mechanics.
0: Mm. Hi, I'm Yusuf Dal. And when I was 18, I was convicted of selling drugs. For the past three years, I've had difficulty finding housing because it is legal in the United States to discriminate against individuals that have a past drug distribution conviction on their record for life. It doesn't matter if it was a hard drug like heroin or a drug that's now legal or partially legal in many states across the country, like marijuana. The Thurman Amendment was introduced to the Fair Housing Act in 1988 by segregationist Strom Thurman. And it's since been used to deny housing to all people. But because people of color are disproportionately jailed for drug charges, we are affected more. My goal is to overturn this amendment to start an end to housing discrimination that unfairly targets people of color. If you would like to join this movement, please visit ThurmanAmendment.org to learn more. A message from the Fable and Folly Network.
2: You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. Tonight, Opportunity Magazine will host its contest winner's dinner at the New York Civic Club in downtown Manhattan. The festivities will bring out the finest and brightest stars of our new Negro era. Writers, Zero Neil Hurston, Langston Hughes, sculptor Augusta Savage, philosopher Elaine Locke, just to name a few, have received invites to this year's dinner. You sure this is the right joint,
3: Schultz?
4: Yeah, I'm sure. It's listed in the papers. It's ritzy for colors. Heh, <laughs> the ice on that sheep. We going in? Nah, no, cut the motor. We wait for Sinclair to come out. I got all the time in the world for this speed. She ain't gonna get away with using my own runners against me. If I can keep Lucky Luciano out of my territory, I sure as hell can keep her out, too. You drive when I tell you to drive. Got it, boss. I am looking forward to dancing with my wife after dinner.
3: Oh, oh Eugene, I I can't sweat. It'll make my hair go back.
4: A little dancing won't mush your hair, Ruby.
3: I look like I'm wearing a dish wrap.
4: You look lovely.
3: Thank you, darling, but everyone else is wearing satin and chiffon.
4: Why are you so concerned about what others are wearing?
3: I feel underprepared and overwhelmed. Look, that's Zora Neale Hurston and Wallace Thurman over there in a heated debate. And Reverend Adam Clayton Powell is ministering to W.E.B. Du Bois right across the room. I'm
4: surprised at you. You've been in the company of folks like this before. Fisk! You certainly held your own among scholars and dignitaries. That don't
3: matter here. This is Harlem. You are now amongst the talented ten.
1: We both belong here.
3: Good Lord. What are you wearing? I should go home and change. Good idea. A
1: silly idea.
3: I give you ten dollars to buy something decent to wear. Oh, what
4: she's wearing is more than decent.
3: Men always want their beautiful wives to look homely. I meant for you to buy something fancy to wear. Most secretary of mine should be seen at such a public affair wearing a dishrag. I'm going home.
4: You will not. Madame Sinclair, Ruby is here as my wife and not as your secretary. Ruby, they are about to give the awards to the winners, and I want you to be here when they give me mine.
3: Of course, darling. You can sit in the back. Did you deliver my message to Johnson? Yes. And he will be sure to announce it this evening. Of course.
4: It's good to see you, Stephanie. In spite of everything.
3: Bonsoir, Caspar. We need to squat that rabbit, shots.
4: Any attack on one of us is on all of us. We'll keep Schultz in his place.
3: I have one of his bimbos working for me. I'ma pull the rug out from under him, promised his us twenty and fifty on a hit. You want a book?
4: That's steep,
3: Stephanie. What about a few punks to raid Schultz's candy stores?
4: The bulls are taking care of that.
3: Uh-huh. I'll take it all on alone, as usual.
4: I did not say that.
3: You self-depreciating girls need to wake up. No, you're on yours, Caspar.
4: Your problem, Stephanie, is that you are too quick to go on a defense. You need not to be so sensitive.
3: Do you think I would be where I am today if I was a pushover?
4: Don't let your insecurity undermine your strength.
3: Ruby. Yes, ma'am? Make sure Johnson makes my announcement. I will remind him directly. Time for dinner.
4: That woman is too preoccupied with appearances. And you are being badly influenced.
3: As she should be. It isn't easy being a woman running her own business.
4: Business? Why is
3: she even here? She made a significant contribution to tonight's awards. In fact, she donated the same amount as Halstein.
4: Well, I don't want her money.
3: <laughs> but you'll take
4: Halstein's.
3: That's different. He sponsored last year's contest. He underwrites the cost of Opportunity he Magazine. He a policy bank. He's a racketeer. Just like Stephanie. I do not want you working for her. We are not going to discuss this again, and certainly not here. Oh, fine. She pays me $50 a week. My mother was lucky if she earned $2 a week washing laundry. Oh, at what cost? One of her business associates was just murdered in his own apartment. I told you, I'm her social secretary. I'm in no way affiliated with her... Business.
4: I see I was not the only one who didn't realize tonight's event required formal attire. Langston Hughes. Hmm. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, Eugene Washington, my wife, Ruby. Weary Blues, that is a fine piece. Why, thank you. As is yours. Call to glory? Your use of the Negro dialect reminded me of Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Oh, thank you. <laughs> There would be no us, of course, if it weren't for Dunbar. (laughs) Indeed. I must say, I am surprised your poem placed at all. You know Mr. Johnson frowns upon the use of the Negro dialect. He believes it makes the Negro look unintelligent. Both of my parents spoke that way and they were the most intelligent folks I ever knew. Very well read.
2: Good evening to our honorees, generous patrons, and distinguished guests. Uh, tonight's affair is a celebration of our finest Negro writers, artists, philosophers, and activists. And because of this current era of Negro consciousness, we have proudly taken on the appellation of the New Negro, which was so fittingly introduced to this generation by Elaine Locke. And a special thank you... Here we go. ...to Casper Holstein, who is not only a patron of tonight's dinner, but a sponsor of our writing contest as well. Thank you all for attending, and for this evening's listening pleasure, we have Duke Ellington and his orchestra. And these some shit? Ruby, what the hell happened?
3: I don't know, madam. I-, I delivered the $500 check to him yesterday morning, I telephoned this morning, and I just reminded him. I got beef... With you, Johnson. Beg pardon? If it weren't for me, you would not enjoy that filet mignon.
2: I don't know what you mean.
3: What I mean is, you didn't thank me for being a sponsor of tonight's dinner, nor the writing contest. Is there a problem, Charles? Yes, you need to thank me too.
2: Madame St. Claude, I assumed that because of recent events... ...that you would not care for the
3: attention. I would have appreciated the good publicity to offset the bad. You know what I think? I think you don't appreciate my contribution to your... ...bourgeois, new nigger era as much as you appreciate Casper's. His money's just as dirty as mine. I'm the only one in this room who clears thirty grand a month. I write cheques so y'all can write your poems and plays... ...and travel to Mexico and Haiti to do your research. And to celebrate nobody but yourselves. Get your hands off of me, Casper. All you need to hear that you wouldn't be here if it weren't for me. The numbers, Queen, Madame St. Clair. I will not be ignored by my own people.
1: I forbid you to chase after that woman.
3: Get a job, and then you can tell me what to do.
4: That was unnecessary.
3: Go chase yourself, Casper. Bonky, get my mink, would you? I have your mink and purse right here. But Mr. Holstein has a point. You should stay and be gracious, endearing. It's what respectable businesswomen do. I know what respectable businesswomen do. I just don't want to do it. Then you will not earn the respect you deserve. Perhaps the approach to Johnson was a little off-putting. He's just another monkey that needs to be charmed. I'm listening. I suggest you invite him to a luncheon. Applaud him for his upstanding work on behalf of the race and respectfully offer your support, money, and voice for his magazine. Opportunity Magazine reaches 100,000 negros. It is a respected journal of literature and politics. Amsterdam um, so News is just a so rag. <laughs> but you can certainly publish in both. I value your thoughts, Ruby. Thank you. Then you'll come back inside. No, you will come to me. You make the appointment. Bonky, bring the rolls around. Right
4: away, madame. That's her bodyguard. She won't be far behind. Start the engine. Ruby, please, come back inside.
3: I'm making sure Madame St. Clair gets off all right. She's a grown
4: woman. She can take care of herself.
3: Will you be all right, Madame?
4: Since when do you need her permission?
3: Yes, my chari. You see? Let's go
4: dancing.
3: Okay. See you in the morning, Madame. Don't dance too much and make your hair go back.
2: Can't deny the fact that the colors do make some real good music. That her?
4: Yeah. You ready? Pull up close to a car. Kill the bodyguard too.
3: Got it. Oh dear, I still have Stephanie's purse. Give it to her tomorrow. Let's go. Madame! Madame Sinclair! Thank you, Bonk. Stephanie, your purse! <laughs> ah! Michelle, it's Michelle! Stephanie! Ruby, Ruby, oh my darling,
4: we got him. Two crows for the price of one. So-called queen is wearing a Chicago overcoat. Next, we bump off Halstein, and that Coontown Harlem is mine.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. <laughs>
1: How much do you know about cryonic preservation? Cryonic preservation? The preservation of human beings at
3: extreme low temperature.
1: You mean like like uh, Walt Disney? I
3: swear to God, if you say anything about Walt Disney's frozen head, I'm hanging up this phone right now. Swear to me, you've never heard of the Red Valley Seabolt until I just told you. I
1: swear. swear.
3: Take your hand off my knee. Look,
1: Warren, if they're sending the Butter wouldn't Mount new boy looking for Red Valley, it'll be for a reason. Trust me. People are losing their lives in this company. We pulled him out too soon. He is awakening exactly as we planned. He's dying on me! We're all murderers here. Bryony, you, me, that doorman, probably. Guy on the corner there with a the neck tattoo. I bet he's killed someone. Would you like to cut his head off? I'm sorry. The sword is funny.
3: Gordon, why are you sharing this stuff
1: with me?
2: Why are you smiling? I don't know. I smile when things get awkward. Get
1: in your golden bullet. Pick me up. You want to go to Red Valley? You want to go to Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley is available on all podcast providers. Do you want to continue?